Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We are going to talk about something that is actually the number one question I get when I'm on the road. It is, how do you do it all? How do you balance life and family and work? And so I want to first start by saying some of you are listening and you don't have kids. And I will say this, we're going to talk about what it means to balance family and relationships, no matter if that's children, parents, siblings. So just hear everything I say about kids also with with the context of family and friendships, because I've noticed that all of those relationships take work, especially as my margin for work increases, I have to be more intentional about what it means to balance those relationships. So I want to start by something that maybe you've heard me say before, which is I don't believe in balance. And I don't believe in balance because I cannot find it anywhere in scripture. Our idea of that is, you know, first of all, if you think of balance, when you think of scales, if you've ever worked with those old school scales where you put like a certain number of rocks on one side and a certain number of rocks on the other, it's almost impossible to achieve balance. It's a losing game. If even if you get it, you know, if the temperature changes or the air shifts, like everything gets off balance again. So I find it to be a very unrealistic goal. And so, So what I see in scripture is surrender, surrender and obedience. And you see it throughout scripture. But today I'm just going to read to you a very simple passage and we're going to base this entire episode off of it. Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And a lot of us probably have heard that verse before, grew up memorizing it in the King James version, which is seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And honestly, when I look back at that scripture memory, I I don't think I, if I would have applied it all these years, I would have had a lot less anxiety because as we apply that verse and as we truly become single-minded in our pursuit of God and whatever he wants for us, I believe that everything else shifts into place. It has been true for us. Now, I remember starting out early in ministry. I remember we were sitting in our backyard and my husband and I were looking over our new trees that we had just planted, baby little trees three of them. And we were anxious for them to grow because we didn't have any shade in our backyard. And so we were looking at those three trees that we had planted about a year earlier, and we were noticing that they were starting to grow almost too fast. And we were starting to think, I wonder if we planted these trees too close together. Now, at the same time, we had just adopted our youngest son. We were starting if gathering, and I was writing and speaking as well. All of that was kind of starting at the same time. Nobody on earth would say that that is wisdom, you know, having all of that in your life at the same time. It certainly is not a recipe for balance. And I was scared too. I wasn't someone who was uber ambitious for, uh, you know, a big ministry and job in life. I wasn't, I'd some, I was someone who had spent most of her early kids years at home as a stay-at-home mom. So I wasn't sitting here just craving like, oh gosh, I want to go you know, be the next big thing. I actually was kind of had a people pleasing idol. So I had more of the fear of getting up in front of people and leading in a big way. So I I was sitting there looking at those three trees and I was thinking to myself, this is kind of like our life right now that we adopted. We have started an organization and I'm writing and that's taking on a life of its own and speaking. And all of those, it looks like are going to tangle together and cause a big mess. Like we possibly planted too many trees together at the same time. And if they all grow and they all succeed, then we could have a disaster here in about five years or even next year. And and I remember looking at all that and going, okay, God, I don't know 
what's coming, but it looks like potentially a massive train wreck. And the greatest fear I have is that the massive train wreck would be my family or my children. And as I obey you, I need for you to help me manage all of these growing things. And if you ever want me to walk away from anything other than my kids, you know, I don't think you would want me to walk away from my kids. I will do it. And so there we started all of these things with a lot of surrender. And and we also started these things with a few voices in our lives that had full perspective that we would lay down our schedules, we would lay down our finances, we would lay down struggles, our marriage before these people, and they were able to speak into our life and say, you know what, we think things are out of whack. Now, the interesting thing about this group of people, some of them were friends, some of them were mentors, some of them were family members, and this little group of people knew that they were my people, and when they would have opinions... Oftentimes, I thought when I submitted to a group of people that they would always say, stay home, don't go. But the interesting thing was a lot of times they were saying, you know what, we think that you are living in fear and you need to go and you need to be more courageous and go. And so what they were balancing wasn't just there was a right and wrong, like you need to never leave your kids at home. It was or you need to take every opportunity you're given. There was not an extreme to either one. It was, we're going to look at your life and we're going to see what you're struggling with and we're going to watch your kids and and how they're doing and we're going to ebb and flow decisions. And my husband has been a big decision maker in my life as well as helping me be sensitive to all those things. And he will many times say, you know what? I think that's too much. You don't need to do it. And I at first will buck to that and not, you know, especially if it's something I really want to do. But I've learned in listening to that, there's so much protection that he is is looking at the big picture. He's not thinking, gosh, this is a fun opportunity. He's thinking what's right for our family. And so many times oh, he's protected me from causing a lot of chaos. So I think having those voices in your life that help you make decisions like, is this too much? You know, is there a practical way to accomplish the same purpose without so much time away? Because even my friends that are single that have demanding jobs, they have had to set better boundaries and barriers in their life so that they are able to have relationships and healthy rhythms in their life. I don't think this just applies to people that have kids. I think we all need those voices that are helping us make decisions. But I don't think the word balance is the right word because what we're doing ultimately is we're surrendering and obeying, whether that means going or whether that means staying, whether that means working more or working less. All of our tendencies are different. So some of us are more prone to not take risk and to stay home and to not push it and to not um, take the next growth step in our work or ministry. And then some of us are risk takers and we love the next mountain to climb and the next thing to accomplish. And we're running and chasing things, even if it's really out of step with the Lord and out of step of where he wants us. Now, I know not everything can be over-spiritualized. Some of you just have really demanding jobs that you just need to know, okay, how do I leave my kids at home and and what does that look like? And I would, But I do think all of this applies that when we live our lives as seeking first the kingdom of God, And we stay open-handed, whether that's trusting that maybe we need to pull back a little bit and trust him with our finances. Or maybe we need to take a job that is more difficult than we think we're equipped to do. 
I think this still applies. I mean, scripture should apply to every part of our life. And so when you look at whatever decision it is that you're making about work and about family and about time and about rhythms and patterns in your life, when you're looking at that and you submit it to God and say, God, I want you to help me. That is actually why we created something called the Dream Guide. And it's free online. You can go to my website, JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com, and you can download it. And the reason we created it was because once a year, I was doing this anyway in my life where we as a family sit down and lay out our priorities and we lay out our responsibilities and all of the things that are being demanded of us and all the things we want to accomplish in the year. We lay it all out in one document and we sit and we talk about it together and we really surrender again each thing. We surrender our work. We surrender our kids' school. We surrender our city and where we live. We surrender our money. We surrender each piece and we just say, okay, God, is this Is this aligning with your will for us this year? It may have aligned last year, and this year it doesn't anymore. And I think what we can tend to do is stay in unhealthy, toxic situations, whether that's in work, relationally, even just with a lack of discipline in our lives. We stay in these toxic situations for so long without ever analyzing it, thinking about it, and changing it. And we are not victims to our circumstances. You can always, always make a shift. And I know that that is easier said than done sometimes when you're talking about salaries that that you depend on and that other people that you support depend on. I know that that's easier said than done when you are scared of change, when you don't want to surrender situations that you have that you love. But I have found that as I have surrendered and obeyed, balance hasn't come because there's still a certain chaos to our lives, but peace has come. That our family, despite people looking at our family and like, how are you raising and launching these kids, you know, that are healthy and normal when you have so many demands on your life? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. But we have just prayed and we have submitted it to God and we have surrendered it to God and he has shown up. And I remember as those trees and they did, they all tangled up and there were certain days it looked like we were completely destroying, you know, our kids. I remember going to a meal with Kate and we had brought these conversation cards along and she was asking me, you know, we were each drawing them and asking each other questions. And she drew the one, what is your biggest fear? And she asked me over dinner and she was 14 years old at the time. And I, I started crying when she asked me and I said, I know immediately what my biggest fear is. My biggest fear is that you're going to resent my work and you're going to resent God and because I was gone, because I wasn't at every single thing. And and I just, I never wanted you to pay the price of the work that I felt like and dad felt like God had called me to do. And she said something, I will never forget it. And it really shifted my view on this guilt that I had been continually feeling because of work. She shifted my view on it and she said, mom, how could you, she started laughing first. And she said, how on earth could you be worried about the very thing that has shaped my life the most. She said, because you have served God and you have worked hard, I want to serve God and serve other people and work hard. I've watched you do it and you created that value in me. And I I just, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I never saw that coming. The very thing I thought was a threat to my kids ended up shaping them. Now that's not to say you need to go out and get a job if, if you're listening and you're like, all right, I'm a stay-at-home mom. You just need to model obedience. And I think that's what our kids saw from us is, you know what? We're not in this for money. We're not in this for a bigger platform. We're in this to serve people and to serve God. And when we go, we are sending each other out into the world 
launching family members who are seeking God together and seeking to serve him together. And we're not in this for our own team, right? Like we're, we raise kids. And I remember the way we decided early on, somebody gave us this advice, is you can either put your child in the center of the circle of your family and you'll stare at them and be like, hey, you are the center of our world. Or you can have them join the circle and put the world in the center and God in the center and serve the world together and serve God together as a team. And we're like, that's how we're going to raise our kids. And so whether our kid is going out for a team or they're going to college or they're going on a mission trip, we send them out as an ambassador of our family and our team to serve the world and to serve God together. And it has, you know, I didn't, it felt like a big experiment. Candidly, I worried about it. It was very different than the way I saw people raising kids beside us. And so I was very worried that we were going to somehow ruin them. But we have two grown kids now, and I'm telling you, they love God and they love people, and they don't see their lives as something to be spent on themselves. They see their lives as something to be stewarded for the glory of God and the good of others. And and you know what? They like God and they like us, and that really is, at the end of the day, what we all want as parents is to see our kids live that way. But I, and I, again, I'm not saying going into full-time ministry or having a, a, you know, a job outside of the home is how that happens. But obeying God no matter what, whether that's staying home or whether that's going, because certainly sometimes my kids saw a sacrifice work for the good of our family. We adopted around the same time and they have seen us have to prioritize family above work again and again. So there is not a right way. I think we all want there to be a formula and there's not a formula. Surrender and obedience is a costly practice that takes constantly seeking God and dependence on him and walking with him and continually coming back to that seeking him first, because we do tend to drift from that. So yeah, my big point. I mean, if you if you listen to this for long, you're going to hear, wow, she really just has one message and it is surrender and obey. And it's true because that is the message that I see throughout scripture. That is the way I have found life and godliness. It is through walking with him daily. It is not through simple practices and principles, although the Bible contains a lot of those and I still believe in those too. And that's why I, I will share those at times. But at the end of the day, underneath all of it sits on a foundation of surrender and obedience. And as we do that and live that way, he takes care of us. And I think of that when I think of my kids, if they come to me and say, okay, mom, I want to do the right thing. Help me do the right thing. I mean, am I going to steer them wrong? Like I'm going to do everything I can in my power to help them do the right thing. And that is what I see from God again and again in my life is when I go to him and say, okay, God, I want to do the right thing. I want to please you. I want to please you in this small decision about work. I want to please you in this big decision about our family. I want to do the right thing. And he, he helps us. He leads us. He shows us. And he's that good. He's that faithful. And it is a unique way to live. You won't look around and find a whole lot of people living this way. You will find a lot of life plans and a lot of strategic ways to do life better. But I will say it it is the most life-giving way to live. And I'm so grateful for just the fact that we kind of threw in all the way with that with, with our kids as we as we raise them. Listen, I know there are a million demands on your life. Whether you have a family under your roof or not, You live a demanding life. That is just the day and age we found ourselves in. So all those things that are pulling on you, I would encourage you today just to sneak away, to get with God, to pray, to lay it all out before him and say, hey, I want to please you. There is something in the surrender 
that breaks the anxiety. There's something in the surrender that calms the chaos, that cuts through the noise. And I've found that as I do that daily, and even moment by moment, he is with me in it, he is taking care of my kids, and he is causing a beautiful thing to be built, even if it's messy and hard. If you are reading Get Out of Your Head book, make sure to get a couple extra copies and go to JennyAllen.com to download the free Get Out of Your Head book club kit. We have made it super simple for you. All you have to do is text a few friends, get your copies of the book, download the PDF, and you guys are on your way to a 10-week journey to stopping the spiral of your toxic thoughts. So make sure to head over there and download it today.